Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. Do you want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is Tuesday, December the 17th, 2013. This is episode number 159 of Purple Mafia. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show, which is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. Yes, sir, but don't think you can't get it on your Android devices. Just simply download Double Twist or any other application that connects to iTunes. Yes, sir. Look up Pearl Mafia on there. Very simple. Thank you always, Dylan Richardson, for making this show possible via thesportstuff.com. Yes, sir. Well, (laughs) first and foremost, I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Thank you again for being on board today. A 48-30 victory for the Minnesota Vikings over the Philadelphia Eagles is what took place yesterday. Off the charts insane, off the charts weird, uh, completely unexpected, yet I guess in some strange, sick, uh, uh, fun, perverted way, I guess you could say, some people may uh, have expected something like this, I guess, because it's like there was no Adrian Peterson, there was no... Oh, there was no Chris Cook. Well, that's actually a good thing. Good riddance to that guy. Chris Cook, really. You know, do you really want to see Chris Cook ever play another game for the Minnesota Vikings? I just put my hand to the ear and I could just hear all of you right now that are listening <laughs> say no. <laughs> yeah, of course not. Of course you don't want Chris Cook back. He's a failure. He's an absolute failure as a cornerback. He's a failure as an NFL player. A failure in a secondary for a football team that has any any hopes of making a postseason. Making the postseason, excuse me. Oh boy. But, well, this was a bunch of guys out there that uh, they wanted to prove their worth. And, <laughs> hey, more power to them. It was a gutty, gutty victory. This show's title is <laughs> a simple one. Very, very simple. Castlevania 2, Matt's Quest. <laughs> yeah. Just like Castlevania 2, Simon's quest. Yeah, well, this is Matt Castle, and it's his quest to, well, to stay a um, stay the starting quarterback for this team for the foreseeable future. Until, well, until ultimately a true quarterback of the future is able to take this spot. Matt Castle appears to be the bridge quarterback. Not, not necessarily the bridge to bridge water, because as of right now, as of this victory, the Vikings jumped about five spots in the draft, or should we say dropped about five spots in the draft. <laughs> uh, win percentage-wise, jumped ahead of five teams and puts the Vikings at eighth overall in the draft. So those of you out there, partially myself included, that would really like a nice high draft pick for this club. Well, we're looking at eighth right now. Will it be high enough to pick a guy that I am really, really leaning towards right now for the Vikings to target at the quarterback position, and that being Johnny Manziel? That's right, Johnny Menzel, that that guy. Um, I'll give more reasons as to why I'm picking him at a later time. May I may briefly jump back into it today, but overall, eh, we'll get deeper into that later. We'll have plenty of time to get into Johnny Menzel and all that good stuff. I mean, April's a long ways away, so yeah. Um, but uh, ultimately, will Matt Castle be that quarterback to bridge the gap to the next quarterback? I think um, the reality of that is, yes, I think so. I I think he's the right fit for the position. 
What do you guys think? Feel free to post on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, or feel free to call into the phone lines, 209-736-7877, which is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. That's pretty much what it's all about right there. Um, Overall, man, what a statistic phenomenon for the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, do you realize the Vikings scored 48 points against the Philadelphia Eagles? Um, which is not unbelievable in terms of the Eagles. I mean, I was talking about it on the last show, that they're very wide open, and I figured the Vikings would score some points, just not 48 or anything. I figured maybe they'd get like 24 or something, something like that, because I didn't think Matt Castle would play nearly as well as he did. Uh, I didn't uh, expect a team without Adrian Peterson or Toby Gerhardt to score as well as they did, but, well, I mean, geez, this was all over the place, man. Matt Castle just absolutely... Tore it up out there, and is there any doubt about it that Matt Castle and Greg Jennings are, well, they're perfect together right now. I mean, ultimately, every touchdown reception that Greg Jennings has had this season has been for Matt Castle, all the way back to the Pittsburgh game. Uh, (laughs) I mean, maybe it's just, it's ridiculous to consider this. Just, I mean, think about how well... Greg Jennings looks right now compared to how he did in the past. Targeted 13 times yesterday, 11 catches, one touchdown. That was a 57-yard bomb. Yes, sir, and it was a legit throw. It wasn't just a catch-and-go type of situation. 163 yards to pay dirt, or 163 yards total, excuse me, for Greg Jennings. An absolute breakout game. Too little, too late? Absolutely. But at the same time, it does show that, I, I suppose, with the right quarterback... Greg Jennings is as good as a receiver as he's supposed to be, anyway. He's as valuable a receiver as the Vikings have on their roster. Jarius Wright with a 42-yard reception in the fourth quarter as well. He had 95 yards. Absolutely love the guy. He's so, so valuable. I mean, is there any doubt about that? Oh, man. I mean, I absolutely love Jarius Wright. And, um... (laughs) Other people do as well. I don't really hear too many people talk about him, though. It's extremely frustrating to see some of these receivers not get a chance to display what they can do at times due to bad quarterbacking or coaching staff that seems to bury guys, especially when they're young. I mean, Jarius Wright, as we've said multiple times on this show in the past, last year and this year, it took took half the year for him to even be activated. Cordero Patterson, it took more than half the year for him to start getting major time, and, well, he's got it now. That's wonderful. I'm very happy about that, to be honest. So as we look back in the game log, yes, uh, the Chicago game, Matt Castle took over, yes, and that's when Greg Jennings received a touchdown. Of course, uh, he has only four touchdowns on the season, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Still has 733 yards, if you can believe it. But yeah, two touchdowns caught from Matt Castle in the Pittsburgh game way back on September 29th. December 1st, Chicago, Matt Castle threw a touchdown pass to Greg Jennings in a victory, a Vikings victory, and of course he received a touchdown, that 57-yard bomb from Matt Castle yesterday against Philadelphia. Greg Jennings works good with Matt Castle, now with Christian Ponder. End of story. I mean, it's just like, it's just like a computer. I mean, uh, computer parts, per se. One's compatible, one is not. Um... Christian Ponder will probably, I gotta think this is finally the end of Christian Ponder, and yes, as the news came out. Over the course of today, and late yesterday afternoon, and early in the afternoon even, well, no, late in the afternoon, excuse me, uh, Rick Spielman's job is safe, and Leslie Frazier's job is not. <laughs> that, that's a potential, I mean, to me, that's another reason that this team played so well. You have guys that have talent, like Matt, Matt Asiata is fairly talented. Obviously, we saw that. Uh, we saw it in the preseason as well. It was kind of like a preseason game for a lot of these guys. Preseason turned regular season, and they fought their hearts out in a big way. And, yeah, they're, they're playing for their NFL lives, and they're also trying to prove a point that, hey, we, we count two. And at the same time, I do think the players legitimately love Leslie 
be the only way Leslie Frazier returns as head coach of the Minnesota Vikings is if both, and I mean both, coordinators are fired by Leslie Frazier. He would have to basically, <laughs> he would have to basically throw them under the bus and fire them. Will Leslie Frazier do that? Very, very, very hard to say. But that's the only shot Leslie Frazier has to come back. A coach, a coaching candidate has emerged, and his name is Bill O'Brien, head coach of Penn State and a former assistant coach with Bill Belichick. Yes, another New England Patriot assistant coach is a possible head coach of the future in the National Football League. He is 44 years old, from Boston, Massachusetts, of all places. <laughs> Only 44 years old, so a whole career ahead of him. He has been pretty strong so far. Um, strong personalities. Um, I, I don't watch a lot of college football. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to come clean with that. But hey, I mean, he is a, he's a pretty decent coach, obviously. A school in... Penn State, which has had just a few sanctions issued to them recently for obvious reasons, a story that has been run into the ground about a bajillion times, so I don't really need to rehash it at all. Uh, I'm not here for that. There's no reason for that in any way. Uh, he also played defensive end and linebacker for Brown University back in 1990 through 92. Again, this is Bill O'Brien. His record so far, Big Ten record, he is 15-9 and nine for the Penn State Nittany Lions. Strong player. I mean, our strong, a strong personality, strong coach, without a doubt. He's been a wide receivers coach for the Patriots, a quarterback's coach, and the offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach in 2011. That was the season where the New England Patriots went to the Super Bowl and unfortunately lost to the New York Giants. Yes, you can tell I prefer the Patriots win the Super Bowl over the Giants. Yes, they're my second favorite team. And then he ultimately uh, got the job with Penn State to replace uh, a old and great coach named Joe Paterno, who unfortunately, well, yeah, you know the story. And if you don't know it, well, we don't need to rehash it because, yeah, we just don't. So there. <laughs> uh, I, I would like the move. And yes, the history for the Minnesota Vikings, they have never hired a retread coach, so that means they make Shanahan. Obviously, I don't think they want him anyway, but I'm just saying, traditionally has not been an option. Obviously, this is a new, this is a completely new ownership, but I'm just saying, it just seems to be the way of the Vikings, that they tend to bring in somebody with their first job. Um, I could name off the coaches that have coached this team. There haven't been all that many. Van Brocklin was the number one coach. He clashed with, (laughs) he clashed with, um, Fran Tarkenton early, ended up having him traded to the New York Giants. Van Brocklin soon was fired not too long after that. Uh, and Bud Grant took over. Was We had the rest of his history there. Ultimately, Les Steckel took over for one year, was 3-13, and fired, replaced by Bud Grant for one year, replaced by the offensive coordinator of Bud Grant's career here, that being Burnsy, Jerry Burns, replaced by Dennis Green, replaced by Mike Tice, replaced by Brad Childress, <coughs> excuse me, replaced by Lizzie Frazier. It's not that many. Simple. So, will Bill O'Brien be the next man along the way? We shall see. Gotta think he would be a much better fit than Brad Childress was. And a, a rich quarterback history in his uh, past, that's a good thing. Tom Brady already knew what he was doing, but hey, at the same time, doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt <laughs> to have a guy like Bill O'Brien with that type of resume taking over the Minnesota Vikings. I would not be against it. I would not be against it. John Gruden would be fantastic. Is that where the Vikings are headed? Who knows? Will John Gruden? Would John Gruden come here, or would he go to a Dallas? Would he? Uh, I would hate that, but would he? Would he go to the Houston Texans? Would he go to the Washington Redskins? Who knows? Atlanta Falcons. That's another one. Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> Watch out for the Atlanta Falcons and Houston Texans next year. Very good teams that will have a very high draft pick. <laughs> Watch out. So yeah, back to the game. <laughs> That's a topic I had to get into here and now, though, and. You know, I'm going to bounce around because there's a lot going on. <laughs> and the game itself, in, in a lot of ways, yes, was like a glorified preseason game in a lot of ways for a lot of, uh, in a lot of ways, because you're seeing guys that you normally wouldn't see. And yes, they played very well, and they deserve all the credit in the world. 
The Philadelphia Eagles did not play well, particularly, though Nick Foles still wound up with 428 yards because he attempted 48 passes. He did get three touchdowns. A terrible interception he threw, though. Just badly overthrown, like, what are you doing type of play. Um, Still a talented offense, a defense that totally stinks, and everybody knew that coming into the season. They were wide open. It's just a wide open style. Like, let's score as many points as we can, uh, and whatever. Screw the defense. That's kind of the way the Philadelphia Eagles have approached things so far in Chip Kelly's first year. But at the same time, he's uh, the offense is so good in Philadelphia that Chip Kelly does deserve a lot of credit, without a doubt. Philadelphia Eagles did sleep on the Vikings, and they paid for it in a lot of ways. So, And we'll, we'll get to a post later on in the Facebook in the fan interaction segment, the third and final segment coming down the lines here. Where he's like, hey, don't be downplaying my Vikings. <laughs> no, I didn't I'm not trying to downplay it at this, but at the same time you gotta you gotta be honest. Philadelphia did not play <laughs> did not play at their maximum potential in this game. I mean they they just didn't. I mean if they did, they probably would have won. Probably, but I, I mean, then again, who am I to say the way the Vikings played this game today? Sometimes the stars are aligned for your team to win, and in a lot of ways, it did look that way. Matt Asiata, three touchdowns on the ground. Uh, not exactly, <laughs> not exactly Mr. Uh, explosiveness, is he? Uh, he's kind of like Leroy Horde, but slower. Yeah. <laughs> 30 rushes, 30 rushes for Matt Asiata. 51 yards, <laughs> 1.7 a carry and a long of 10, but hey, he got three touchdowns. The object of running the football is to go forward, and Matt Asiata goes forward. That's the good part. So again, he's like a miniature Leroy Horde, I guess. <laughs> if you need three yards, I'll give you, th- if you need two yards, I'll give you three. If you need 10 yards, I'll give you three. Matt Asiata, I guess he'll give you two or so. <laughs> oh, <laughs> pretty crazy. <laughs> Pardon me. Deshaun Jackson, insane game, by the way, as the Eagles tried to mount some type of comeback, and that was completely, completely uh, futile. He had 10 catches for 195 yards and a 51 yard pay dirt catch. Crazy, crazy numbers, but again, <laughs> Philadelphia looked like crap most of the way, and that's just how there is to it. Another major note along the way. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Vikings had their third-string tight end out there, their third-string running back, uh, third-string cornerbacks. I mean, Prater had an interception in the game. Looked good. Hey, all more power to him. Marcus Sherrills was strong in the game. I like Marcus Sherrills. Batted down a pass that was very, uh, in a very important moment. It was pretty cool to see. Uh, but, you know, the other important note that I'm trying to get to here as we're slowly but surely going to wind down the game review. And it was a fun game to watch, but Cordero Patterson, they wisely kicked away from him time and time again. Gave the Vikings great field goal, or field percent, field position, pardon me, along the way, time and time again, because they were horrified of Cordero Patterson, which again shows that just how much respect that man has earned, that young man has earned already in his NFL career. Oh boy, Cordero Patterson... Everybody is saying it. They are saying star, star, star. All over the place. It's not just Rube, Rube Viking fans that drink purple Kool-Aid. Cordell Patterson has star potential in this league. And it's really, and he's already show, it's already there. And uh, it's going to be very exciting to see where Cordell Patterson goes next season. You know, where where his career, what what's the next step in his career next season? This guy's going to be special, folks. We we, we got a gem here, and um, that's definitely helping Rick Spielman keep his job as of right now. Sharif Floyd was getting better, and of course Xavier Rose, before the unfortunate injury, was really, really making strides to becoming a legit player in this league. I was happy with Sean Prater, though, as well. i got to mention that. Uh, even Robert Blanton looked a little better. Harrison Smith made a nice return yesterday. That was pretty cool. Nice to see Harrison Smith out there yesterday. Eight tackles. Eight tackles. Six of them were solo. Very, very, very cool. Very impressive. Two sacks by Jared Allen. Two sacks by Brian Robison. Very nice to see Jared Allen play well out there. And then, you know, it was cool to see Dante Culpepper as well. <laughs> In the uh, the all-dome team for the Minnesota Vikings. That being 1982 to 2013 
second last game in the history of the Metrodome slash Mall of America Field, but we all know it's the Metrodome because Mall of America Field was was called it was called that by 2010, I believe, after the Twins left the Metrodome. <clears throat> but yeah, it was uh, Dante Culpepper. Side note, man, he looks old. What the hell? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, <laughs> and my uncle gonna give him a shout out. His nickname is the Purple Colonel. Yeah, he was. He sent me a text picture of himself with Dante Culpepper. Yes, he knows Dante Culpepper, the Purple Colonel. Hopefully, he's listening. Very cool. Uh, Dante Culpepper, if he happens to be listening, I doubt it, but maybe. <laughs> I'm. I wouldn't be too surprised if some one of one or two Minnesota Vikings in the in the current or past eras have bounced, have accidentally bounced upon the Purple Mafia show, but. Man, he looks kind of old. What's going on, Culpepper? Why are you aging so fast? You're only two years older than me. Jeez, you look like you're in your 40s already. Um, I'm not quite that old yet, but uh, just thought I'd make that note. It, it's cool to see the all-dome team. It's, it's unfortunate that the Vikings never made it to the Super Bowl in the entire dome era. It, it's a shame, but again, it's one of those it's that's how it goes type of moments. Ah. <laughs> uh. What's also funny, we'll probably wrap things up here. I don't even need to get into Jerome Simpson and all the yik-yak, but I guess I barely will. Uh, obviously not happy with the officials, thought that they were making inappropriate comments, not racially motivated or anything, which he himself said, but it irritated him, basically, and that's all he said. So thanks for the basically a Facebook message right there, uh, Facebook status status uh, message right there, you know, telling one hundredth of the story, like, man, I had a bad day. It's like, and? Hello? Oh, oh, well, I can't say it. It'd be too long of a story. Okay, then then don't post it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, jeez. Facebook. Facebook, what a travesty it is. Mm. But, thank God we can help uh, use it for the shows, though. That's, That's the good part. Pardon me, Facebook. Pardon me. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, Jerome Simpson, thanks for the hundredth of the story there. We have no idea what he's talking about. Um, but one other final note. The final, final note is uh, Chase Ford looks like a possible backup tight end option going into next year. Less expensive than John Carlson, who I know uh, Adam Carlson would be annoyed with me saying this, who uh, <laughs> would be saying, like, hey, how dare you? How, how dare you want to get rid of John Carlson, who equals production, but hey, if Chase Ford equals production, that'd be nice as well. I know those guys over there on, on that show like uh, Chase Ford as well, though. I know they talked about him extensively. Well, third string tight end, and he looked he looked okay. 55 yards and two catches. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Cord- Cordell Patterson kind of getting the short yardage game now. They're kind of Percy Harvin Cordell Patterson a bit. Uh, that's the funny part. A guy is big and, and tall and is kind of he he can he can play slot receiver as well. It's kind of interesting seeing him getting with those short, very short yardage gains. Average seven yards on five catches, only thirty-five yards, but did get another touchdown yesterday. Oh, oh Cordero, I can't wait to see the potential of that guy. Mm-mm-mm. And Jerry's right. What a what an awesome third receiver he is. Can't say enough about him. So enough of the rehashing. Um, overall, strong game by the Vikings. Fun to watch. They didn't give it up because they scored so many points. <laughs> they didn't give it up this time. Uh, good job. That's all I can say about it. I'm annoyed that we're eighth in the draft, but at the same time, that, that's the where the annoyance ends. It's just, oh well, you know. Um, there is no Andrew Luck in this draft. I understand that. And possibly the guy that is the best fit at quarterback for this team will be available at number seven, six, seven, eight anyway which is, in my opinion, Johnny Menzel. All right. Thank you, everyone. Let's move on from the game review, and it's on to <laughs> the preview segment. We will be playing the Cincinnati Bengals next week in Cincinnati, but before that, of course, in the same segment, we will do this week's version of the NFC North Roundup. There will be some interesting games to talk about in that one. We'll be back right after this.
you shop on Amazon? Did you know that you could support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you, and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. We are going And we are back on Purple Mafia, episode number 159, which is a reminder for those of you on your mobile devices, for Apple devices like the iPod or or iPhone, pardon me, simply find Purple Mafia on iTunes. For the Android devices, there is an app called Double Twist. Download that or any other app that downloads podcasts out of iTunes. (laughs) Uh, And simply look up Purple Mafia on there for... Windows phones and BlackBerry, simply search for us in the Microsoft or BlackBerry store, and you should be able to find us on there as well. Thank you again for your listenership. Please do tell a friend, and don't be afraid to rate us on iTunes. Would be oh so appreciated. All right, well, NFC North Roundup, and then on to the prediction with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, sir. Second last game of the season. And then we close things out in the Metrodome with Detroit. Yes, sir. The Chicago Bears may finally be the team emerging as the division champion. And they didn't look all that impressive. Oh, well, I suppose they did. They got 38 points against the Cleveland Browns. The 4-10 Cleveland Browns, 38-31. to The Bears finished strongly in the fourth quarter. And uh, Jay Cutler... Boy, did he start poorly in this game. Oh, pick six Cutler in the house. But he finished strong. Yes, he did. It's like I was wondering, did Josh McCown take over in this one? No, he didn't. Jason Campbell, the former Chicago Bear, now with the Cleveland Browns, who was slated as the number two guy coming into the season behind (laughs) Brandon Whedon. Oh, my God. Ugh. (laughs) <laughs> and then poor Brian Hoyer, poor Brian Hoyer, who looked like he was going to emerge and be a really good player, looked strong. Uh, he made some terrible throws in the dome, but then made some made a nice drive late in that game and was really good. The Browns looked like they were a potential playoff team at some point, or at least in, be in the playoff hunt, excuse me, in the AFC before that poor guy tore his ACL. Now Jason Campbell's out there because Brandon Whedon is a pile of caca. Jay Cutler, though, finishing strong in this one after a pick six. Three touchdowns, two interceptions. Finished with a quarterback rating over 100. Strong game for the Bears. They, it's like somebody's got to win the NFC North, and it looks like, well, it looks like somebody's going to be a, at least 500. <laughs> at least the Bears will be 500 at worst. They're 8-6 and six on the year. Matt Forte, very strong game. Averaging 5.3 yards a carry, 127 yards on the ground. Brandon Marshall, well, up and down in the game, but overall finished strong with a touchdown, 95 yards. As Elson Jeffrey, 72 yards and a touchdown. All that good stuff. Strong comeback by the Chicago Bears, scoring 21 points in that fourth quarter. Oh my, the Bears were able to luck to luck out. <laughs> Against the Cleveland Browns, I mean, my goodness. I understand Cleveland is not necessarily the easiest place to play in the history of the world. The the dog pound, the Browns Stadium, 71,000 people there. Mm -hmm. I understand that, but still. I mean, the Bears really, really, really uh, were messing around way too much. Way too much. Horrible throw by Jay Cutler. Badly overthrowing Marcellus Bennett at one point. I mean, I have to keep managing it because it was just terrible. Ugh. Luckily, the the uh, Bears got a pick six as well in that in the third quarter before Cutler's pick six. <laughs> oh, Cutler, what are you doing? In fact, actually, Cutler had two pick sixes. Pardon me. Yes, he did. He, I thought he did. I was like, wait a minute. Yes, two pick sixes for Jay Cutler. One in the second quarter. One in the third. Oh Lord, what what the hell? But then, hey. All's well that ends well. Chicago Bears are now 8-6 and six with a, again, 21-point fourth quarter. Cutler to Alshon Jeffrey and then Earl Bennett about six minutes later. And Michael Bush had a 40-yard scamper up the middle. Right, uh, good good times for the Chicago Bears there. 
Jason Campbell trying to make things interesting late, but, well, too little too late for the Cleveland Browns, and, well, yeah, I guess they're they're going to be drafting ahead of the Vikings as well now with that 4-10 record. <laughs> oh, doesn't that figure? Um, every, well, almost, almost everybody won the division, except for the Detroit Lions tonight. We'll get to that next. Um, Green Bay Packers pull off a insane comeback against the Dallas Chokers. The choke king of all time is Tony Romo. Oh my, Tony Romo. Oh, yikes. Green Bay is able to pull it out in, well, something called Texas Stadium. It's now AT&T Stadium. Man, oh my God, I still can't even, I mean, they, they, they're able to see 91,000 people in that thing. <coughs> well, way to pull off a comeback in the fourth quarter against the against that many people, Green Bay. In fact, a second-half comeback, scoring 34 points in the second half. The Packers were getting blown out in this game, folks. Blown out. Did they win? Yeah, uh, the Packers did win. The, the, the Cowboys didn't. No, the Cowboys didn't win. It was 26-3 at one point, 29-10 at one point. 26-3 is a lot more impressive than 29-10, but just, eh, you know, they were getting the crap beat out of them, and the Packers just rolled after that. Oh, but Tony Romo kept the temp of the head, passing to Des Bryant in that fourth quarter, but basically Matt Flynn took over in this one. Four touchdown passes for Matt Flynn. There it is. There's Matt Flynn. <laughs> there it is. Destroyed those Cowboys. Oh, my. Ah, Green Bay finally winning a game. Boy, it took long enough. They tied the Vikings and then just kept losing after that. Couldn't even beat the Falcons, which is hilarious. Seven and six. Excuse me, they did beat the Falcons. I'm an idiot. But yeah, 7-6 and six for the Green Bay Packers. 7-6-1, still slightly hanging on for a playoff berth. Des Bryant making an absolute imbecile of himself. Imagine that. A very talented guy, but a complete, but about a blithering idiot. Surprise, surprise. I mean, look look at his numbers, too. I mean, he had another, he had Greg Jennings numbers. <laughs> Dare I say Greg Jennings at this point. Oh, man, 153 yards on 11 catches and one touchdown. But again, as I said, made a blithering idiot of himself, walking off the field saying he was going to cry and he didn't want to, didn't want to. <laughs> oh, he didn't want to make a scene and embarrass his team. Well, you embarrass your team walking off the field. That's, that's, that's great. We're happy for you. And I know it's been rehashed in other shows and all that stuff, but I have to talk about it. I have to give my own, you know, two cents on it. Great job, Rez. Great job. Thank you for that. That's, uh, no, that's pretty, pretty. <laughs> oh, Des. You know, why, 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 why do the most talented receivers have to be the biggest idiots all the time? Why? Why does it always have to be this way? Oh, he's just another, uh, what's his face? I don't even want to say his name anymore. Terrell Owens. I mean, it was almost escaping me there, which is really sad. Uh, Terrell Owens, uh, the hell with him. I, I tried to forget him, that's why. I tried to just erase erase him from memory. As he's just, he was so annoying. Ugh. And he was the one crying too, like, that's my teammate. I still remember that soundbite. <laughs> when he was talking about the same quarterback, the, the choke king. Yeah, nice interception he threw late in that fourth quarter. Good, good job, Tony, good job. Eddie Lacy, strong game on the ground again. Oh, Eddie Lacy. Green Bay Packers have a legit running back. And now he's not great every week, but he was certainly good this week yet again. Averaging almost seven yards a carry. Had a 60-yard scamper. And that was the touchdown for that, that he was able to get in the game. But an overall very strong game. And only 21 rushes, which is you know, slightly below average because Matt Flynn was passing up a storm. And, of course, Green Bay was behind. And Matt Flynn badly outdueled Tony Romo, ultimately, in the, the long run there. Tonight, excuse me, not tonight. I keep getting that mixed up because, yeah, I'm having to <laughs> having to <laughs> record a little later because of the overtime. Uh, again, unfortunately, at work, it's just one of those things. Baltimore Ravens barely defeat the Detroit Lions, which this about wraps things up, I think, for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, they have still have seven wins and all that good stuff, but eh, whatever. Tucker. Oh, Justin Tucker. Boy, I Billy Cundiff is no longer in Baltimore, is he? Mr. Choke, choke Artist Billy Cundiff. <laughs> 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 
Remember how he missed that? He missed a pretty easy kick that cost the Baltimore Ravens a Super Bowl appearance the first time around. They ended up losing the AFC title game to the Patriots. You know, so it wasn't Baltimore and uh, New York again, just like it was way back in 2000. Yes. No, there was no rematch there. <laughs> Ravens are now 8-6. and six. Boy, Tucker. Oh, Justin Tucker. My goodness, Justin Tucker. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. Six field goals for him. And the 61-yard kick was the winner. 18-16 to 16 final for the Baltimore Ravens. Detroit Lions cannot get the job done. Ah, uh, we're happy for him. Reggie Bush made a return, was solid in the game. But ultimately, the story of the game is just Justin Tucker. I mean, is there anything, is there any way around that one? Is there any way around it? Um, Joe Flacco was pretty much like in game manager mode in this one. And Matthew Stafford was terrible. Just terrible. Terrible. Three interceptions, quarterback rating 48 in the game. Matthew Stafford has been falling apart. The Baltimore Ravens uh, obviously have a pretty damn good defense. I mean, Matt Castle looked terrible against them last week, honestly, except for a couple of good, uh, except for that fourth quarter anyway. And yes, the weather was a problem last week. We understand that, but at the same time, the Baltimore Ravens defense still knows how to make a quarterback look silly, and they did it again Monday night against Matthew Stafford and the Detroit Lions. Jim Schwartz, Jim Schwartz, enjoy your last couple weeks here. Because uh, there's no reason why he should be staying around. This was a home game for the Detroit Lions. This was a dome game for the Detroit Lions. Dome, do you understand? And Matthew Stafford still terrible against the Baltimore Ravens defense, which proves that they still can play. <laughs> Great defense, despite the losses of Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. All right, well, let's talk about those Cincinnati Bengals, division rivals of the Baltimore Ravens, who may have an outside shot of winning the division now because the Cincinnati Bengals could not take care of business against another division rival (laughs) in that AFC East. Cincinnati loses to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Steel City, 30-20. Bengals are 9-5, still favorites to win the division. They will be hosting the Vikings next week. Yes, sir. I, uh, I I can't pick the Vikings to win in Cincinnati. I don't remember the Vikings ever winning there, actually. Even when the Bengals suck, the Vikings seem to never win there. Cincinnati has a lot to play for in this one. I know the Vikings are playing for some pride right now, and they're trying to help Leslie Frazier out, make him look better, make him feel better, and all that good stuff. Cincinnati has got to win that game, though. I mean, if they want to get um, a home game in the first round, get that in the in the wild card round, they have to win the game. Andy Dalton is not a great quarterback, but he's an above average quarterback in this league. And I think, uh, well, I mean, hey, he's he's certainly not the reason the Bengals lost the game. <laughs> Or actually, is he? Yes, he is. No, he's not. (laughs) He almost helped the Bengals win it, actually, with a strong finish. He wasn't really particularly good early on, but he got stronger as the game progressed. Unfortunately, the Bengals just ran out of time, ran out of field position, all that good stuff. So it's just one of those things. I mean, Cincinnati has been having... They tend to swoon late in the season, unfortunately for them. But Minnesota, I mean, I cannot remember the Vikings winning in Cincinnati. If I'm crazy, I I, I don't know. I mean, they just, sometimes it's just one of those things where the team, your team never wins in this this place for whatever reason. The Vikings, I've never seen them win in Kansas City. Um, I do remember the Vikings winning in Pittsburgh, though. Yes, a couple times, which is really strange, actually. (laughs) <laughs> Almost got it in 2009. Um, but I do remember the last, I believe, it can't be the last time, but well, it actually might be. I remember when the Vikings crushed the Steelers back in like 94 or something. It was a while ago. It was a while ago. I believe Warren Moon was the quarterback, and we pounded the crap out of him that game, and Bill Cower was all going crazy. Ah, that's going too far in the past, though. Um... Cincinnati has some decent uh, receiving core. A.J. Green, Marvin Jones. you you got to like what they have to offer. Um, yeah, the Vikings rode a nice high this week. And 
the Eagles' defense is wide open. It's not good at all. Cincinnati's got a much better defense. And their quarterback, well, not that Nick Foles was bad, but I think Andy Dalton, eh, well, he's slightly more proven than Nick Foles, I suppose. <laughs> not a lot more, but slightly more. I, I, I just see the Vikings struggling in Cincinnati. It's just one of those things, you know. Past history and also the fact Cincinnati is, you know, like I said, they're trying to win their division right now. The the Annie's up, and the Vikings are not nearly as familiar with Cincinnati as Pittsburgh is. And, of course, again, a home game for Cincinnati that helps in a big way. Um, I think Cincinnati wins a close one, a fairly close one in this one. It seems like a lot of the Vikings games are pretty close. <laughs> and uh, I kind of think the defense is going to revert back to the way it was. Like, just choke choke artists. I don't think the Vikings offense is going to torch Cincinnati. I I can't see that happening. I think it's extremely unrealistic. So, in this one, I've got Cincinnati winning uh, a kind of... I will go with... It's going to be, I, I personally think it's going to be a low-scoring game, believe it or not. Fairly low-scoring, because that's kind of the way Cincinnati rolls, kind of. I mean, still, I mean, I don't even know how Pittsburgh got 30 points on them, other than it's just, I don't know. I guess Pittsburgh was at home, and they always seem to beat Cincinnati when they're at home. <laughs> I, I guess, I mean, I just, uh, I guess. I mean, that's about all there is to it. Of course, they also had a uh, kick kick return to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's another reason, of course. And a couple of nice runs as well there. The running game's decent. But um, Adrian Peterson should be back. That's going to help. But again, I, I just can't be real. I mean, I, I just don't think it's realistic that the Vikings beat the Steelers, or excuse me, the Bengals in there. I, I'll, I'll go with a 24 to okay, let's um, let's bring the scoring up a little bit. Cincinnati's going to get twenty-eight. Minnesota will get twenty-four. So it's going to be fairly close. Twenty-eight, twenty-four. Cincinnati it will win down the stretch in the in, in the game again. Um, yeah, it's not going to be nearly as pretty as it was in the dome against Philadelphia. I, I just don't see that as realistic. So sorry to say that. To those of you, though, that want that draft pick, well, this will help a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to really take sides on that right now. I, I'm happy for the players to play well, yet at the same time, you don't want to get, you don't want to be like the 15th pick or anything. So, I hope we can get Johnny Menzel. That's just about all there is to it at this point in time. So, there it is. 28-24. Cincinnati defeats the Minnesota Vikings. Their defense is better than Phillies. And um, Dalton, I think, will get the job done. He doesn't really make a lot of mistakes. He doesn't dazzle, but he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Point made. We'll be back right after this for the Fan Interaction segment. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 159, which is a continuing reminder for those of you on your mobile devices. Thank you again for checking out the show, and welcome to the Fan Interaction segment. That's right, that's where all of you out there can interact with me and other listeners (laughs) and talk about the Minnesota Vikings, talk about mm, news involving the Vikings or in-game stuff. I try not to get into too much in-game stuff, but uh, post-game stuff, absolutely. That's like the main uh, main idea of the fan interaction, at least at this point in the season. Obviously, during the off-season, it's all about news, news, and news. <laughs> and opinions and all that good stuff. So, let's, get, let's just get stuck straight into it right away. 
A couple of comments about when I met, when I talked about how there were no Peterson or Gerhardt today. <laughs> Hello, Matt Asiata. <laughs> yep. Now, by the way, to get to the Facebook page, I didn't mention it earlier, but I will mention it again. It is facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Simply go there and click like. That's right. We do have a call in line, which is 209 736 7877. So, um,. I'd like to welcome some of you new listeners that may have uh, joined over the past week. We had a few new ones jump on board. A little promotional ad out there that I can do once in a while. So welcome aboard to those of you that may be listening. Just a few of you. So I just wanted to say that. All right. So, yeah. Let's get to that thread which was said no Peterson or Gerhardt. Danny Yang saying Matt Asiata is going to play with Vikes team for AP spot. Yep. Mark Carlson saying, what? No, Toby? Oh, bad. Very bad. Cedric Paulding saying, where has the, de- has the offense, has this offense been all season? Damn good game. <laughs> Cedric's out of Mississippi, by the way. Longtime listener of the show now. Brent Jacobson saying, Asiata was serviceable today. Yeah, pretty much a, uh, a not as good version of Leroy Hort, I guess you could say. Those of you that are a little bit on the older side. That's right. Back in the day a little bit. Late 90s, Leroy Hardy played until the year 2000. And he had a really strong season in, or excuse me, 1999, I believe. And nobody wanted him. It was just like, whatever, screw that guy. Nobody wanted him. All right. Well, anyhow, <laughs> a couple of comments now when I mentioned that uh, episode 158. A couple of comments there, Mark Carlson and Dave Hickey, both out of Iowa. Very good stuff, so i got to read it. Mark saying, nice work, Joey. I enjoyed number 158, as did the past episodes. And your enthusiasm is catchy. And I enjoyed the past few games, too. I agree with your opinion on the three rookies, even though for a while I had some doubt it was very fun to watch the game in Baltimore with the heavy snow. This is a reason I will remember. Not for the wins, but for the play. The good, the bad, and the tie. (laughs) Hey, stay up... They warm up there. Mark from Iowa. Yep, thank you very much. Nice comments there. Dave Hickey saying, I agree with Mark Carlson. This has been a season to forget in many ways, but it also has given us, given us a chance to look at some backup players who have performed great. Just to mention a few, Adi Cole, Sean Prater, the ex-Hawkeye, Matt Castle, Matt Asiata, Marcus Sherrills, and it should give the powers that be the look they need to cut some dead weight, i.e. bye-bye Chris Cook. You suck. Ponder, you're done, and hopefully gone also. Or two, he says, but yeah. <laughs> Mark Carlson completing that thread with dead weight. Awesome comment. <laughs> that was that was awesome. Yes, sir. Dave Fickey is definitely going to be getting another star again this week. Yes, 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 he is. Mark Carlson, very good chance he will as well. He's always a strong candidate for that. Ah, ba ba. Where are we? All right. I was talking about how the Eagles look nasty so far. Choke City. Dave Longfield liked that one. Gave it a thumbs up. Ryan Anderson saying best secondary play all season by the Vikings. And yes, that is a major note considering all these backups. That's why Dave Hickey's comment was so good, and Ryan Anderson there as well. Yeah, the, the it's very key. All these backup secondary guys are better than the starters. And Nick Foles has had a hell of a season, by the way, until he came into this one. He struggled a bit against Detroit the previous week. But, of course, there is some of an excuse with all the snow in Philadelphia, which is actually even worse than the Baltimore game. Josh, Mayor Henry, missed him. Hasn't seen you for a couple weeks. Same with Carl O'Neill, who follows here. Uh, Josh saying Matt Castle... Looked pretty decent so far today. He actually throws the ball to Jennings, yes. Yep, yep, yep. And then Carl O'Neill says the Eagles' defense just showed how bad they are. Gave up 48 points to a horrible Vikings team, yeah? Yeah? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's. I mean, it's like they're so wide open, those freaking Eagles. They're, they're, they have no defense. It's, it's definitely... Definitely been a trend with them all season, and today, or excuse me, today, what am I talking about, Sunday, it was way, I mean, it it was as bad as it's ever been, pretty much. Malcolm, with a couple of comments here, saying the Vikes could have fall apart, uh, could have fell apart like every other loss this season, but they stepped up big, good to see. The only bad thing about this game was helping the Cowboys. Yeah, 
yeah, but uh, thankfully the Cowboys did lose, but what's funny is then the Packers won. So it's like you can't win either way in that one, can you? <laughs> yeah, I'd much rather see the Eagles in the playoffs than the stinking Cowboys. Ugh. And, and the Eagles will be in the playoffs, and they will win the NFC East Division. Yes, in my humble opinion. Um, before, yeah, I'll get to the Bill O'Brien thing. Let's hear what people had to say. I wanted to just simply say, Bill O'Brien, thoughts? David Longfield saying, how about Gruden? He basically is all about Gruden. That would be nice. He would. That's basically what he's saying there. Back and forth. A bit, little brief conversation with him there during the game. And Brent Jacobson now we continue saying he's not so crazy about him. No former Patriots assistant has gone on to success after leaving Bilicek's staff. Very, very good point, Brent. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a fear as well, a bit. He continues, that does Brent, him being Brent anyway, he says, the way the Vikings-Eagles game was played, you would have thought Philly was going for the draft pick and the Vikings were going for the playoffs. Yeah. Brent Jacobson really looking for a star there with those two. Dave Hickey saying, if we can't get one of the big-name coaches out of the booths, Gruden, Cower, or Billick, then we need to find somebody that is a good game manager, unlike Frazier. Somebody that will light a fire under their players, under their players' asses, unlike Frazier. And someone that can spot talent. I don't think that is all Frazier, all Frazier's fault. People like Chris Cook have no business in the NFL, and picking Ponder that early in the draft, <laughs> he is nothing but an average backup. I think that falls on Spielman. He has some good calls, too, but Freeman was another confusing move by Spielman. Bill O'Brien hasn't been at Penn State long enough to know what kind of recruiter he is, but he is a good coach. He is leading Penn State out of the huge mess. He was left. Yep. Very, 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 yep. Very true. Very true. And yes, that is one thing to note. Bill O'Brien really has not been in Penn State very long. It's only been like, what, two years. So, yeah, that's very, very true. Brent, uh, also not too excited. The Belichick thing, you know, uh, yeah, I I suppose. (coughs) Excuse me. I mean, yeah, it's like one after another. Cornell, uh, Todd Haley, I believe, was with the Patriots a while ago. Um, Weiss hasn't really done all that much. It's like they do great when they're there, though. They go back there, and they're good again. And the other, Jock McDaniels, was just an epic disaster. Forgive me for using that word. I am not a teenager. <clears throat> sorry, sorry, Sebastian. <laughs> uh, Sebastian's coming out of his teens sooner or later, though. He's, he's getting close. He's getting close. Yep, no, yep. <laughs> all right, let's move on here. Let's quickly move on. Sebastian, no. We got to get this thing loaded correctly and it's not doing anything. I apologize for that. I'm not sure what it's doing, actually. There we go. What I call an old-ass computer. Oh, yeah. Just seeing something interesting there. <laughs> I'll get to it very shortly. Uh, Mark Carlson was making fun of Deion Sanders. We'll leave that one alone for now. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I agree. Sanders is annoying. He is. I used... No, actually, I've never liked Dion. Oh, no, there was one year I liked Dion, and that's because he was on San Francisco. That was awesome to see them kick the Cowboys' ass that year. And then the son of a biscuit went to the Dallas Cowboys. That figures. Sebastian Balls, Sebastian Balls. Moving the topics, uh, changing the topic up a bit, which is way, way more than welcome on this show. He says, so let's touch on, on an enjoyable topic. Where do you see Toby Gerhardt next year, and does he start? In Madden 25, in my franchise, he was a starter for the Broncos in 2014. Thoughts? Thoughts? Yeah, I think he would fit nicely in Denver. They historically have a good running game, though, of course, Mike Shanahan isn't there anymore, obviously. And, yeah, we know Mike Shanahan. Okay, so that's kind of, I'm being flawed with that comment. But, yeah, that that is a suitable spot for Toby Gerhardt. I also could see an Atlanta Falcons as a, as a possibility. I mean, Steven Jackson's not doing jack. Pardon the uh, the pun there. Uh, Toby Gerhardt, I think, would be a perfect fit for the Atlanta Falcons, honestly, Sebastian, in my humble opinion. Surprised no one else kind of jumped into that convo. That's too bad. Sebastian saying, I think Denver could use a power back like him, and I thoroughly agree with that comment. Um, yeah, it's good. I, I, I think Denver or Atlanta are leading candidates for that 
maybe even like a Tennessee, somebody like that. You know, uh, Seattle's fine with Marshawn Lynch, obviously. San Francisco, maybe San Francisco, if they're looking for a guy to kind of take over the reins from um, Frank Gore, even though Frank Gore still is great, and I love him, love him. Mark Carlson taking a picture of a Shell's Firebrick bottle. Yeah, Shell's Firebrick, of course, that that's a company I ought to... I ought to look to see if they'd sponsor me on the show, because why not? They're out of New Ulm, Minnesota. Uh, they're classic, and um, heck, I really enjoy their Snowstorm, which recently came out. Yeah, yeah, Shell's Brewery, New Ulm, Minnesota. That's where my Aunt Diane lives, in in New Ulm. Yes, old school German town. Uh, Mark Carlson saying, And the stockings were hung by the fireplace with care, hoping our defense keep the score fair. So I hold my drink high and say cheers to you all. And let's go, Vikings. It's time for football. Skull. Mark from Iowa. Hey, nice. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. And yeah, Firebrick, actually. Just a little piece of trivia here. Firebrick actually was a snowstorm at one point because snowstorm is a year-to-year change. Like, you know, there's Sam Adams Winter Lager. That's always the same. And it's probably, for me, the my overall favorite winter beer. But, because I think Sam Adams is, like, legendary. But... <laughs> Um, Firebrick was a was originally a snowstorm, and it be it was so popular it became a permanent fixture for shells. Um, yeah, I have differing opinions on that one. I, th- I think it's fine. It's weird. Like the first time I tried it, I was like, "Wow!" And the second time, I was like, "I don't know." But uh, I'll have to see it again, I guess, to make a better judgment. Dave Hickey with a big time comment here saying, "Thanks for the gold star, Joey." It's just nice to be able to post your thoughts online and have somebody give a bleep <laughs> about your thoughts. Hard to find dedicated Viking fans that know anything about the other team, or excuse me, about them other than AP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean there, Dave. He says, I enjoy everybody's posts, and while I might not agree with all of them all the time, I still like reading and hearing about them. And thanks to you for making it all possible. Merry Christmas to everybody, and let's all remember what Christmas is about. I thoroughly agree with that comment, Dave. Um, You know, and just (laughs) thoroughly agree with that. Uh, Christmas is about so much more than Santa Claus and gifts, and let's just shop ourselves to death, and let's see who can outspend the other, and who can out-receive the other, and who can out-this, and who can out-that, and... No, it's about the birth of Jesus Christ, you know. Um, <laughs> and no, I'm not going to turn this into a uh, a church show or anything, but I'm just saying, yeah, it's let's celebrate what Christmas is all about. And it's about a time to be with your family and all that. So just thought I'd mention that and really appreciate you for saying that, Dave Hickey. And that is, I, I almost never do this because I like to, <laughs> I like to kind of, you know, I like to kind of pass the gold stars around just to, you know, uh, obviously because, I mean, so many people make so many good comments because, you know, it, you know there's so many good comments. I don't want anybody to feel left out at times. So, but I'm going to do a back-to-back gold star for Dave Hickey. Here it is. That was just too good. I mean, <laughs> that was well, well earned. That was as gold star-ish as it can get, so... And, uh, yep, it's a, or it's like a, yeah, a gold star on top of the Christmas tree, which is on top of mine right now. It's a gold star. So, there it is. See, see, I got a gold star, too. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Sebastian Ball's wrapping up the Facebook page, saying, So, I'm still not pleased with the Vikes. We still let up 30-plus points. Oh, that was a good, good, good point, Sebastian. And Philadelphia's offense is phenomenal, though. I mean, they're so good. Even though they looked like... Buffalo, you know what? I mean, they looked like, yeah, they were just as unorganized and messy as possible. Chip Kelly's game plan was about as garbage as you can get. Um, I'll hold off on the silver and bronze star until I wrap up this uh, <laughs> Twitter. Yeah, so like, yeah, like the Purple Mafia Twitter Hall of Famer right now is Dave Martin. Man, I I, I miss some of the other guys out there, also like Matt Emer and such. D Fry's a Bears fan, very cool guy on Twitter. By the way, the Purple Mafia Twitter is at Purple Mafia Show. Very simple for you to get on that. Dave Martin saying if, and, and by the way, he is out of Scotland. He says if the Eagles win out, Chip should get <laughs> Coach of the Year. 
And, well, uh, if they did, yeah. Unfortunately, they ran into a wall here for some strange reason, but maybe they'll pick it up again and be 10-6 and six still. Uh, he says, uh, Dave continuing saying, NFL Network is saying Rick is safe, but Frazier is not. And Freeman and Ponder will be gone. For Freeman alone, Rick should be out. Woo, that's a, that's a, you know, that Freeman thing, yeah, like I said earlier, is a lot like Brandon Roy. <laughs> the Brandon Roy move that David Kahn made with the Timberwolves. It was just, you just threw millions of dollars away for nothing. Just stupid. Um, I, I was intrigued by Freeman, and I, I, but I guess and there just was not enough research done on what Freeman is, which is, uh, okay, I'll, I'll leave that alone. I don't need complaints. <laughs> Let's just say he's not intelligent, you know. And, yeah, okay, I'll say it. He's, he's basically retarded. <laughs> there, I said it. So please, please don't complain too much now. Basically, he is. I mean, what, what else is there to say? Um... Dave Martin says, "Wow, when on when when the O line does its job, we look good. <laughs> we look good. Would Ponder have made that play? And no, that's nothing to do with ADHD. By the way, there's plenty of people with ADHD that are extremely good learners. So it's not that. It's something else that I don't know what it is. So no, not a shot at ADHD uh, in judging Josh Freeman. He just he's not a good learner. That's all there is to it. Okay, Dave Martin saying." Um, okay, he was talking about it was a great play. Well, yes, with uh, with uh, Cordero Patterson, he was talking about him. I was saying a star is born. That was during the kick return type of situation and the touchdown at one point. Also, uh, Dave Martin again saying, hate to say this, but we look more balanced without AP. And yes, we do look more balanced. But, you know, and that's kind of how it always is, though. When your star is out, you're going to be more balanced. And that's why some teams sometimes in basketball, for a little while, play a little better when, like, a Kobe Bryant is out or a Chris Webber is out or a Rudy Gay is out in the NBA. But it's the same thing in football sometimes that some guys come in and they're good for, like, a week or two in in uh, the absence of the Adrian Petersons and Arian Fosters and guys like that. But, again, long term, you don't want that to, to remain the case because... You're going to get tells on the, the defense will get tells on those newer guys and, and they'll never really, yeah, they're not going to really explode much, <laughs> too much. It's just they're going to have a good game or two or three. Uh, Dave, again, saying it should be rooting for a loss, but I'm loving this. Where have they been hiding this team? Very, very good comment there. That's pretty much a, you know, that's, that's what a lot of us are saying there. Anthony, Antonio Fett, yes, sir, at Antonio Fett, saying Vikings, Without six starters, of course, they play the best football of the season. That's, uh, mm-hmm. I, I like that. I like that comment. Yep, I'll get back to that in three seconds. Jordan Holt saying, hey, things happen, and Merry Christmas to you, Tony. So he was talking to Tony, but Purple Mafia show wound up in that one. <laughs> um, okay, so we are going to give the silver star in this one. Boy, it's tough. The gold star is Dave Hickey's, yes, without a doubt. Ah, oh, man, there's so many good ones on here. Mm, it's tough. Uh, I'm going to give the silver star in this one to Sebastian Balls. I'm going to give that one to Sebastian Balls. He gets the silver star. Bronze star. Ooh, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to Anthony Carlson this time. Yes, I'm going to give that one to Anthony Carlson. So bronze star to Anthony Carlson for that cool statement at the end there. Very cool. So, thanks again, everybody, for commenting, and you're always more than welcome to do so. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show and at Purple Mafia Show for Twitter. Um, you know, I, I always want to get to everybody. I like to I, I like to have your interaction. There may be a time, though, when maybe the comment's just too long that I can't read the whole thing just for the sake of... You know, we have to move on at times because there's so many other comments. I mean, it's just one of those things. I can't just read, 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 read constantly. But this one was good. You guys did a perfect job on this one. And also at the time, if there's ever like a game like the San Francisco game last year when there's literally like a million comments on the page, I can't read them all. I I can't, especially the in-game stuff. But just thought I'd mention that in the future. But this time absolutely worked out. And I try to get to as many as possible, if not everybody. Thank you all so much. And... I appreciate all of you listening. I want to wish all of you a Merry Christmas as well as we are in the Christmas season. <laughs> it is very much the Christmas season right now. It won't be Christmas, obviously, yet. 
before the next game, so I'll officially wish all of you a Merry Christmas then. But again, maybe some of you are in and out of the show at times. So yeah, it's one of those things. And you know, I, I'm I'm one of the people. You know, I'll say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, I guess. But you know. I'm not one of those people that's only going to say Happy Holidays and leave out Merry Christmas. I, I don't believe in that. I, I, I think you should be able to say both. You know, you can say Happy Hanukkah as well. You can say whatever you want. There's nothing wrong with any of it. Enjoy your holidays, everybody. There you go. <laughs> Thank you all very much for listening. And keep warm, all that good stuff. <laughs> God bless you all. And we will be back to uh, review that Cincinnati Bengals game next week. Take care, everybody.